Good morning. This morning, our scripture reading is from Philippians. Please follow along in your Bible or use the screen. I will be reading from Philippians chapter 1, verses 7 through 11 from the New International Version. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how, long, how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. I want to introduce Michelle Dutton to you all. Um, she, came, she came to us in the fall, and we've been planning since then to have her come up and do a sermon as we have introduction, and it's taken us this long. Uh, and so she's been busy. She's been working really hard. I want to say a couple of things that I really have appreciated about getting to know her. Uh, she loves to laugh. I don't even know if anything's funny in the room, but she loves to laugh, and it makes me laugh. And so I really appreciate her for her laughter. Uh, she's incredibly thoughtful, not just in thinking about other people, but just about issues and, and, and uh, things happening in life. She has an insight to bring, and I really appreciate that about her. Uh, she's also a visionary. Uh, she can imagine the future that isn't yet, and she can work towards that. And that's really cool. And I, I, love, I love being able to have those kind of conversations with her. And um, she's also quick to action. She's just not just a thinking person, but a doing person and likes to move things forward. And that keeps us sort of uh, in pace with each other. So uh, all those reasons and more, I'm excited to introduce Michelle uh, to all of you. Michelle, come on up. Wow. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm Michelle. I am the children's ministry director. And how we start things upstairs is with a connect question when I'm with the elementary age kids. So this morning, we're going to have a question that we're going to answer together. So our question this morning is, what's your favorite ride at Disneyland? You can also think about what you like about Disney World. If you've never been, think about your favorite Disney movie. And I want you to turn to each other and answer this question now, please. <laughs> I don't know. I heard some pretty good answers out there. Um, my favorite is actually Splash Mountain. If I had to pick one to go on, if I knew I could only go on one ride, that would be it. So this question is something we use. It connects us to each other, and it connects in some way to our story. So if you're an elementary e-kid and you're here this morning, you should have received a piece of paper when you walked in. If you don't have that, there are some on the back table in the back of the sanctuary. And as you listen to the sermon, I want you to follow along and write down the ways that this question connects with what we're talking about this morning. Got it? And I want you to come find me at the end because I might have a reward for you if you can tell me the answer. And it might have something to do with our store that's downstairs. Okay, so 
My family lived in California two different times. My husband was in the military, and so we lived on the coast for a few years, and then we also lived in the Mojave Desert for a few years. Very different experiences, but something that was similar was that we went to Disneyland as frequently as we could, especially when we were in the desert, because we loved to leave the post that we were at and go there. So if you were to ask me a time when I felt completely happy, or a time when it felt like life was as it should be and imagined like my perfect day, I could easily choose one of those days when we were at Disneyland. Although it's not because we were at Disneyland. It's because we were away from the busyness and the chaos of life. I didn't have to ask my kids if their chores were done or if their homework was completed. We got to just enjoy being together and have a good time. I love what that time at Disneyland did for my family. So if you were to think about what makes you completely happy, or a day in your life that you would say, that's the way I want my life to be, those circumstances are ideal, how would you answer that question? If you're a parent of young children, um, I don't know what your house is like, but at my house, it was always an issue getting shoes on. No one ever knew where their shoes were at. Maybe they could find one. They looked at me like, why are you asking me about my shoes? So if you're a parent and you've got really little kids, or like mine, like not so little kids, and it's still an issue, maybe a perfect day for you would look like everyone getting up and getting ready in the morning on time, and shoes are on, and there's no arguing. And you might think to yourself, this feels really good. I wish all my days were like this. And if you work outside of the home, maybe a good day for you is that there isn't much traffic getting to work. Or if you live in the Seattle area like we do, maybe there's traffic, but there's good music on the radio, so it doesn't feel so bad. Or there's a podcast that you enjoy listening to, and you get to work, and the project you've been working on has gone really well. People are interacting well together. Maybe someone tells you you did a good job, or a team that you manage is following the vision and mission of your organization And you think to yourself, that was a really good day at work. I wish all my days could be like that. If you are a kid or a student, maybe a good day for you looks like getting to school and having a test. And as you're taking that test, you know you're getting the answers right. And it feels really good because you know that you worked really hard and you studied for that test Maybe then you open up your lunchbox and all of your favorite foods are in there. It's like the biggest score ever when you're little, right? And then recess is super fun and you play your favorite games with all of your friends. And as you head home, you think, this was a really good day. This is what I wish all of my days were like. These circumstances are perfect. And so when we think about those times... This is going to represent those times that we enjoy, and it happens to be a little Disney house, (laughs) those places that we say, I want to live right here. This is what I want my life to look like. I like these circumstances. It feels good to be here. Paul's letter to the church at Philippi opens with lots of 
I love yous and I'm thankful for you. He even says, I have you in my heart. And then he says in verse 7, whether I'm in chains or confirming and defending the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Now, if you grew up in the church like I did, you can probably think about different characters in the Bible and say something about them. You can think about Abraham and Moses, who Jesus is. And you may know a little something about Paul, right? He was the guy that used to be mean to Christians. And then he had a conversion story. And he's also the guy that was imprisoned. So when I hear whether I'm in chains, it doesn't shock me because, of course, he was. He's the guy that goes to prison, right? It's not something completely out of the ordinary. But I want us to look at that phrase, whether I'm in chains, because what Paul is saying here is really important. He says, I'm not going to let my circumstances determine or dictate or change in any way what I know to be true. And I don't know what every circumstance is like in your life. Maybe you have a lot of moments that are like this, but for me, I don't always feel like I live here in those perfect circumstances. For me, I feel like most of my time is spent in whether I'm in chains moments. And these moments are hard. And for me, they feel more like seasons. And it's difficult and it isn't fun. And I want to be able to say, like Paul, that my circumstances don't matter. I'm not going to try and deal with these as quick as I can to get back over here. Because there's something about these moments that they're part of my life. They're not just something I can push aside and get away from really quickly. This tends to be where I'm at most of the time. Whether it's because of a circumstance that's completely out of my control and something has happened and now I have to deal with this. Or it's because of choices I made. Like maybe you don't do so well on a test and then there's consequences at school and at home and you think, I don't want to live here anymore. I want to get back over here where things are really good. But the thing about these moments is that if we just push them aside, we're going to miss a truth. And there's a quote that I like by Lisa Bevere. And she says, who you are in the fire is who you are. And so rather than trying to push away these weather and chains moments, we can know that God's going to use this. Because if I've learned anything in these hard times, is that God doesn't always use picture-perfect people. He uses broken people. Aren't those the stories that are in the Bible? God will meet us wherever we are, in our hard moments, even if we really want to be over here. So what can we learn from Paul about how to handle those moments? And Paul says there are two things. He says, this is my prayer, that your love will abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. 
So what Paul is saying is that there's some things we can do to discern what's best. And another word for what's best is what's ideal. The definition of ideal is best or perfect. And there's someone else who can actually explain this next idea better than I can. Here's a video for you. Now let's see. Where was I? Hmm. I, I wonder which way I ought to go. Was brilliant, and the slithy toves did guire and gimbel in the way. Why, why, you're a cat. A Cheshire cat, all a mimsy, o'er the border goes. Oh, wait, don't go, please. Very well. Third chorus. Oh, no, 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 thank you, but, but I just wanted to ask you which way I ought to go. Well... That depends on where you want to get to. Oh, it really doesn't matter. As long as I can... Then it really doesn't matter which way you go. Did you catch what the Cheshire Cat was asking Alice? He asked her where she wanted to go. Because if you don't know where you want to go, if you don't know what your goal is, what your ideal is, how can you expect to get there? And so I want to think about how do we choose what the ideal is rather than circumstances, because we've learned that we can't always control these, whether they're good or bad, what's going to help us so like Paul, we can say, no matter what my circumstances are, I know this to be true. And a question that I like to ask is, what's going to matter in 100 years? And when you think about things like that, it helps you to focus and figure out what the goal is. What's the ideal? What are we aiming for? When I had my son, Benjamin, um, that was when I realized that I was going to have to figure out how I was going to raise him because the parenting books, there was so much information out there. And so I thought about who is he going to be, and I wanted to imagine the end because that then would guide me. Because if you don't know what your ideal is and you don't know what the goal is, how are you going to expect to get there? One way that I helped to determine that was I looked at the Bible, and in the Old Testament, God says, I don't want your sacrifice. I want you to know me and love me. And Jesus summed up what matters most when he said, I want you to love God and love other people. 
If we keep thinking about what's best for us and the circumstances that we want to create, we are going to miss being able to hold on to the ideal when the circumstances get out of our control. So a good way to reframe this is to ask not what is ideal, because remember ideal is what's best, what's perfect, but to ask who is ideal. And when we change the question from the circumstances that we can control and we live a life that's pursuing knowing God more and loving him more, that's going to help us in our weather in chains moments. So Paul could say, I believe this that we're all sharing in God's grace because that's what he focused on rather than whether he was having a good time or a bad time. He kept his eyes on Christ. And when he wrote that letter to the church at Philippi, he said, I have a prayer for you. I want you to love and I want you to grow in knowledge. And when he said, I want you to love, he was talking about relationships and he was talking about being engaged at church He knew that what carried him through was having an ideal, and he wanted that church to go through life together so that they could fix on that and not be alone. There's a story I like about a little boy who goes to bed, and he's a little bit afraid, and he asks his mom to stay with him. And so she stays with him, and she sings him a few songs, and she reads him a book, and then she says, I love you, and she turns off the lights, and she leaves the room. And then pretty soon the little boy walks out and he says, Mom, I'm still scared. And she says, don't worry. God is with you. Even when I leave the room, you're not really alone. And then he goes back to bed and pretty soon he comes back out and he says, I want somebody with skin on in that room with me. (laughs) And so I'm sure that Paul took comfort in the fact that God was with him in that moment. But what he's talking about in the verses we're looking at today are the people that he had relationships. We need community and we need each other because we can know that the Holy Spirit resides in us and we can feel that comfort and that peace. But Paul knows that it's really important for us to engage together And the strength that comes from the community in a local church is going to be part of what carries us through that time. Hopefully, we would have great relationships already formed before we get here. But if not, it's still beneficial for us to seek those out. Kara Powell wrote the book Sticky Faith. And she is the executive director for the Fuller Youth Institute. And... She's looked at what helps kids develop authentic faith. And one of the things is if they have five people investing in their lives. And she found that was true for students. And I am sure it's true for all of us. We need each other to fix on our ideal together, on who is perfect, and walk through life together. And that helps build our faith The most significant thing we can do to build our faith and to build faith into our kids is to serve and to serve together. And what happens when you do that is that it becomes less about the lesson and the things that you know because information isn't what changes us. It's application. It's going out and doing it. So if part of our ideal is knowing God 
and loving him and loving others. The loving others part, we can say that, but when we serve each other and we get to know each other's stories, that changes us because it allows us to engage in each other's stories. And then we know how to love each other really well. So we're going to fix on our ideal. We're going to walk through life together. And then Paul says to grow in knowledge and depth of insight so that you can discern what's best. And I think so we can continue to discern what is best and continue to focus on who is perfect. And what's going to happen when we continue to come to church. You guys know this already. You're here this morning. We're going to continue to learn, and we can find ways to plug into church and join a Bible study or be part of a small group. And then it's like a twofer because you're also getting the relationship part as well as growing in knowledge and depth of insight so that we can continue to discern what's best. So in our ideal is about who God is and pursuing and knowing him more, we're going to be able to make it through the weather and chains moments and through these other moments. When we have an ideal, we can filter even some of the things that might seem good through that so that we can continue to grow in knowledge and depth of insight together. So our application points, one of the best things I ever did was to write down a mission statement for my life, to figure out what the ideal was and then write it down so that I would know where I was going. Because like the Cheshire Cat said, if we don't know that, how are we going to figure out how to get there? We have to know where we're going. So I would challenge you this week to write it down for you. Help your kids write it down. If they're young, maybe you can write one out for them, what you would hope for them. And then you can check that out together when they're older. Also, if you are not already finding a place to serve here, if you're not already serving, I know many of you are. There's a difference between serving here in church and in the community. When you serve regularly here, rather than a special event out in the community, it becomes part of the rhythm of your life and you continue to focus outward instead of inward. So find a place to serve if you haven't already. And then find a place to make sure that you are growing in knowledge and depth of insight with other people who have the same ideal that you do. So either find a small group or plug into one of the classes that are here on Sunday morning. And if you're not sure what that looks like, you can talk to one of the pastors here at the church. Will you pray with me, please? Father, thank you so much that you love us. Thank you that you want us to love you and to know you. Father, remind us this week that you are with us and that you designed us to pursue you more with other people. God, help us to find ways to reach out and love others in our church and our community. In Jesus' name, amen.